When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the AZ Wildcats podcast, we're very happy to be partnered with BetMGM. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX and you will get up to $200 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code PHNX. Place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price. You will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sign up. Please join us at the uh, Bet MGM uh, Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium for all the Suns away playoff games. We'll be talking about the Suns here. Our PHNX Suns watch parties presented by Neutral will provide or feature food and drink specials, PHNX giveaways, and BetMGM mystery deposits. Join us. And now let's hear the great Shane Diefenbach. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right, now that we paid the bills, at least initially, joined by Ben White, I am Mike Luke. All right, Ben, we have a smorgasbord of topics to get to here today. First, though, we're going to talk about Wildcats in the NBA because you got to remember, we're not ASU. We have multiple players that are in the NBA playoffs right now. And so, again, let's start with the elephant in the room, which is DeAndre Ayton with the Phoenix Suns. Um the Phoenix Suns, I think, are uh, generally looked at as the betting favorite to come out of the West. I believe that that's right. DeAndre Ayton, though, this is a guy that it feels like he is never – he's very, very good, but it always feels like somebody's kind of saying, yeah, but he's going to be really, really good somewhere else, Ben White. I guess you could say that. I think DeAndre Ayton is a really good player, and I think he's a really good post, and I think he fits the mold – in the NBA in terms of what you're looking for from a center. But I also don't think, and we've learned this, that he's a true number one player who can carry a championship team. I mean, I, I think this is a guy who obviously we saw him in college being seven foot tall, being as athletic and being as big as he was, he was just able to flat out bully guys. And when you get to the NBA, it's a grown man's league, whole different story. Granted, the guy is averaging 18 and 10. So it's not to say that, he is not a double-double machine and can be a points machine when he gets in the pain. And Chris Paul and, and Booker are able to send up, set him up accordingly. But he's an interesting guy because he's been in the league for five years. You've kind of always looked for that next step that he was going to take. And perhaps adding somebody like Kevin Durant could really help him. I think he's a really good player, Mike, but I don't think he's a, a true number one at this point. I would agree. I would agree with that. You know, when D.A. came in here, I immediately thought that, wow, this guy could be David Robinson. 
He's not that. He's a good player, though, and he's uh, he's uh, important for what the Suns do. Now, one guy that we don't have any doubts about right here, and I'm working on a graphic, or I'm not going to work on a graphic. I'm just going to submit a graphic on this. The great Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, four NBA championships already as a head coach. Going for number five this year, Steve Kerr is a dude that, when it's all said and done, is going to be on that Mount Rushmore of NBA coaches by it's going to be Phil Jackson, it's going to be Red Arbach, it's going to be Greg Popovich, and it's going to be Steve Kerr. And I don't know that Arizona fans or maybe uh, just fans in general really understand the rare air that Steve Kerr is involved in right now, Ben White. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's funny too because you look at the construction of the Warriors team and just everything that you're hearing behind the scenes, everything that has transpired over the last year. It's been a wild year from them. I mean, from the Wiggins situation to the injuries to Clay and Steph constantly in and out of the lineup. Um, I think they were worse, like they were like 11 wins on the road for the entire year. Just a terrible road team, very up and down. But it seems like they're having everybody back at the right point in time. And if you're a Suns fan, I know you're happy that you're getting the Clippers um, and you're not getting the Warriors. But what's interesting about Kerr is not only does he have an opportunity to win that fifth, like you said, but it kind of feels like it might be his last shot to do so. I mean, you're hearing behind the scenes that Warriors general manager Bob Myers could be retiring from a cap standpoint. Jody Ayler thinks Bob Myers is going to be with the Phoenix Suns next year. Whoa. Now that would be a nugget. That would be, that would be something. And then maybe Steve Kerr follows, right? Just Ah, just just putting that out there. Now we'll we'll, we'll see, but I think the Myers yes, yes. The Myers situation is interesting. I think the Kerr situation is interesting. And then, you look at the construction of the Warriors um, from a cap standpoint, I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but I know it's going to be pretty hard to yeah. retain somebody like J- Draymond Green and some of these other role players. And we've seen the depth diminish over the last few years. It's it's not the same team it was four or five years when they were winning titles left and right um, with KD at the helm there. So it'll be interesting. And he's definitely a guy, Mike, who you know I'm sure you can speak to in terms of obviously the, the player he was here and his background from a family and personal standpoint. He's he's definitely one of those dudes, regardless of what you think of the Warriors, regardless of what you think of of news or any you know controversy or politics he's been involved. He's a hard dude not to root for, even if you're not an Arizona right. fan. Andre Iguodala, then. This is also his last go around here. Iggy is, um, you could make the case he is the greatest U of A pro. I would go in another direction right there. But Andre Iguodala also with multiple rings. It's going to be his last year uh, as well. It's going to be inter- It's going to be an interesting send-off right there because, again, this is a guy that has been basically, I don't want to say a backbone of the Warriors team, yeah. but he's a guy that will be synonymous with all of these title runs right here. And another Arizona guy. You notice the uh, emphasis here? A lot of Arizona guys, no ASU guys to really be able to talk about in the NBA playoffs outside of James Harden, of course. Yes, and, and James Harden is a whole different can of worms we can open later. But no, Iggy's crazy, man. Iggy's still in the league. I mean, you right. forget that sometimes. He's been in the league since, what, 04, something like that, when he was drafted by the Sixers. And he's definitely a guy who knows his role. I mean, you could make the argument that I think in that um, I think in that 2015 series, this was before KD joined the party. This was before LeBron won it a year later. But I think you can make the argument. I think he was the MVP. They don't, they don't win that finals without him. And he's a guy who statistically on paper, you know, he's not going to be a freak or anything like that, but that's just never been his role. He's a a, a guy who can defend and and make plays in the open space. And 
he's a guy who you can bring off the bench or slide into a starting lineup when the Warriors uh, traditionally go small. You don't see that the case more so now just because of his age and, you know, the minutes are cut back, but he's definitely been a pivotal guy. And again, not only, and, and the big takeaway too here is with these NBA players who played with Arizona, not only are they in the NBA and having very successful careers, but these are impactful players. I mean, we're not just talking about players. We're talking about titles. And I know Aiton hasn't won a title yet, and that's to be determined. But uh, DeAndre Ayton is front and center on a team that um, a lot of folks are picking to win the NBA finals. So a lot of excitement, a lot to talk about. And uh, the, the fun continues behind Arizona basketball and guys in the NBA. And then one more guy, Aaron Gordon from the number one seeded Denver Nuggets right there. Um, I don't see the Nuggets going very far. I feel that they're a uh, uh, basically a very good regular season team. But yeah. Aaron Gordon, though, has carved out a niche is arguably the second best player on the uh, Denver Nuggets, Ben White. Yeah. And what's wild about Gordon is, I mean, he was with a pretty bad magic team for quite a few years coming into the league and, Every you know, magic team is generally pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a dumb statement by me. But yes, every magic team is generally bad. Um, and I, I think when you look at Gordon, right, he's a guy who came into the league. We we knew the athleticism was there. We knew the rebounding was there. And, and Gordon's problem was just a couple of things. One, there was no shooting. There was no versatility in his game outside of just dominating in the paint. And two, just from a role standpoint, he I felt like he was never quite utilized correctly. And he's a guy who's really slid into Denver and been a guy who has gotten up not only his average in points and double figures, but he's somebody who, I mean, he's not a knockdown three-point shooter or anything like that, but I mean, he's a guy who's at least a little bit more respectable from the field, shooting 56% from the field on the season. And this is a guy who could barely shoot in the low 40s when he was at Arizona and in the league. So he's definitely a guy who's gotten better and, and he's struggled with injuries and um, we'll see how things go, but the, the nuggets are interesting. It's funny you bring them up because I, I'm not picking them to win the West. I, I, I tend to agree with you, but I also think that a lot of folks are quick to forget that Jamal Murray was injured last year and you just didn't have everybody, um, healthy and, and in the forefront to, to really be successful. So Jokic is a freak. If Murray's, if Murray's healthy, um, you never know what could happen. I, I just, I think offensively they're limited and I think a team like the Suns can can rack up and get, you know, 10, 15, 20 point victories on them if need be. So that's the only thing that I worry about. All right. Well, one thing I don't worry about is Mountain Mike's pizza. Now, Jacob Franklin right there behind the scenes, you all met Jacob last week, is eating Mountain Mike's pizza. But to give you an idea, the, uh, I actually had to ask him where he got the Mountain Mike's pizza, whether it was in Sacramento or whether it was in Phoenix, because that is the reach that Mountain Mike's pizza has there. Now, check pretty, it out. I'm pretty sure they're in Texas. Are we sure he didn't get it in uh, Dallas either? I did not know. Jacob Franklin, is there any possibility that you got these in Texas? Uh, that was probably going to be a no. He's shaking his head right there. But again, Mountain Mike's Pizza, great stuff. So again, check it out now. Um, head over to mountainmikespizza.com or to their Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson locations to place your next order. Reminder, new diehards get a $50 voucher upon signing up. And tap and bottle. The tap and bottle watch parties. Ben White has been to the tap and bottle watch parties. Everybody has been to the tap and wa- bottle watch parties. Our good buddy Matt Mulebach has been to these as well. Um, check out the downtown location or the northwest location. Many times you can get four peaks there as well. But again, check it out. Uh, Scott and Rebecca, as you know, superstars right there. Great stuff. Check it out. Tap and bottle. All right. Now, let's get to some U of A. Uh, let's get to U of A centric stuff right here. Realignment chatter right here, Ben White. This is, um, to me, 
this is things are starting to fall into place here a little bit. And again, not making any predictions, but it does feel like that. You know, there's no, uh, there's really no end in sight for a Pac-12 TV deal. They've been working on this for over a year now. And so you start to wonder a little bit, is this ever going to happen? Now you hear all the rumors about Colorado going uh, possibly to the Big 12. And I'll say this, it makes perfect sense for Colorado to want to go to the Big 12 for a variety of reasons. First, they have no attachment to the Pac-12 because they've been here for about five minutes. Second of all, though, Deion Sanders is absolutely killing it at Colorado right now. I believe they're going to have a sold-out uh, home stadium for pretty much every game. right? Something like yep. that? Yeah. Exactly. But, and tell me if this is funny or not, Deion Sanders is looking to coach on national TV, not on Amazon Prime. <laughs> That's funny. That is good. But again, on a serious note, though, Colorado, if you're Colorado, it seems to me to be a no brainer. And I think if that were to happen, it could open the floodgates. It could. And the longer this thing lingers on, the more likelihood you think that it's not going to get done. I think there's four things to keep in mind here. I think it's time. Like you said, from day one, we were hearing in summer of 2022 how this is August weeks away 4th, 2022 to be exact yes this is weeks away this is months away and then it was it seemed like years away so when you don't have a definitive timeline and more importantly you don't have commitment from schools i think that's the issue too and then not only from a time standpoint when it comes to just getting the deal done i just don't think you have commitment from all the schools like you said colorado has one foot out the door oregon and washington behind the scenes have been clear from day one that even if they were to stay in the Pac-12, they don't want to sign a long-term deal because they want to do everything in their power to be able to make jump to the Big Ten if possible. So, Jacob Franklin, you, can you pull up that graphic that we have there about uh, the advantages, the pros and cons of the Pac-12 and the Big 12? All right, there we go. Again, I did not do this. Anybody that knows me knows I'm not capable of putting together something like this. But here's, here's essentially the deal right here. You got better academics in the Pac-12. We all know that. You got bigger cities, cool, but the bigger cities thing means absolutely next to nothing to me because when I go to these, when I travel to these, you know what I don't do? I don't stick around in the bigger cities unless I can't get out of the Sacramento airport. You don't stick around in Baylor and see all the sites? At, uh, I do Waco? not stick around in Waco or hang out with, uh, yeah, I don't go to any of that stuff. It's easy to stick together. I get all that, but that's a bunch of those reasons, in my opinion, of uh, pale in comparisons to what the Big 12 offers. And the first thing that we're talking about right here is more visibility and conference stability right here. And that, to me, is everything going forward. And that is a situation why, if you're a Colorado with all the smoke that's uh, going right now, why in the world wouldn't you be enticed by that, Ben? It's the three whys. It's visibility. It's stability. And can you guess the third one? It's money. Money. Oh, that's money, good. Money, yeah. money. Did you come up with that on the spot? I, I certainly did. I certainly did. Um, All right. But no, it's it's those three things. I mean, Robbins, whoever's went on record, we've had Robbins go on record. We've heard numbers behind the scenes. I mean, that number for the Big 12 is what, 32 million? So right. anything less of that? I mean, in most of these Pac-12 AD and president's minds, I, I really don't see them taking anything significantly less. I mean, Robbins did make the point, and who knows? It's, it, it could be all you know, smoke screens. It could be all validity. I think you have to take it a little half glass full, half empty. But if we're in a situation where you're a couple of million dollars off or a little bit off, but the deal's appealing enough, you probably make something work. But 
I think the bigger issue is not only money is you don't have that number in mind. You don't have that realistic number that everybody can agree on. But back to the time thing, right? As more time goes on, where are you going to put these games? I mean, you look right. at the rights and you look at everything up in the next year and a half, whether it's ESPN, whether it's Fox, CBS, it's it's a funny and it's also bad timing on the Pac-12 part because you have the NBA playoffs and the NBA rights coming up in about a year and a half. You have UFC coming up, which is exploding more than ever. And I'm sure they're going to want to continue to grow that. And then not only that, you have college football playoff expansion. ESPN and ABC can't handle all those games. So there's going to be somebody mixed into the equation somehow, way, shape or form. So you've got a lot of really good products that you're going up against. And if you're the Pac-12, you're looking across the board, you're seeing all these pro sports, you're seeing um, college football playoff expansion. It's a really tough time. And the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be. So I think the conference, quite frankly, we'll see what happens. There's speculation of things coming up here soon. But again, the more time goes on, the more doubtful I am. All right, Robbie Don, great question here. Can you do a segment on Arizona's NIL and how we compare to the rest of the Pac-12 or Big 12 if uh, we go over there? Does U of A have the big boosters to compete for the top talent? That is a very good question right there. And yes and no. USC and Oregon are easily the top NIL schools in the entire. They can get basically whoever they want um, from that perspective. UCLA, surprisingly, has a bad NIL program, but maybe that's because their fans are insufferable. I don't know. Maybe that's whatever it is. But with Arizona, though, yes, you've got people like Artie Moreno. You've got people like Jim Click. But and this is the part that makes it a little bit more difficult. You don't have these aren't guys that are that donate a ton of money. When you look at it yeah. around the U of A, um, it's Cole and Jeannie Davis. Uh, it's stuff like that where you see people. Uh, uh, you know, uh, buildings that are named after you. There aren't these, you know, guys behind the scene. Obviously, you'd love an Artie Moreno to be able to do that, but he's never really been that type of guy. And so, again, Arizona's NIL. Oh, Chad McDonald's Jim Jim Click right here. Jim Click doesn't donate. How can you forget that one? Well, then again, I know he doesn't donate. <laughs> he used to be, but I don't. Uh, I've heard that he hasn't been in there for a while. Good call there, Chad McDonald's. Um, but. Um, and that's kind of where it's at. So Arizona, the NIL, you get a bear, you get a collective, which is what everybody gets. But then after that, it's kind of on the, uh, the player to go find what that is. Now you always want to boost the collective up, but give you an idea. Um, T-Mac, Jane Delora, they can get in with car dealership. They get a little bit more money. Pella and Kerr did a, a podcast. So there's ways to get a little bit more money right there. But right now, it's essentially, I believe, SC and Oregon. And then it's the rest of the conference where everybody's kind of in that same pool right there. Yeah, and that makes sense. I think from an NIL standpoint, you have two factors at play. I think you have size of school and market size for one. And then I think you have credentials for two, meaning Tuscaloosa, Alabama certainly isn't a big city. But Tuscaloosa, Alabama is where Alabama is and Alabama football's track record and athletic department in the SEC. You have that branding and you have that credibility behind you. And more importantly, you have years and years and, and significantly more volume and, and money from boosters there. So and then on the L.A. side, right, USC, UCLA, those are household names. This is Southern California. Um, people who are donating to those programs have money left and right. So it's just it's just a bigger pond. It's not really an apples to apples comparison, unfortunately, for Arizona and some of these other Pac-12 teams. When you compare them against SC and UCLA, it's just an entirely different conversation. So do I think that that evolves over time? Yeah. 
But at the same time, I don't think Arizona will ever be in the NAL footprint as somebody like USC or UCLA, especially with the market size they're in and especially with joining the Big Ten. But you know what could help Arizona from an NIL perspective, Mike? Joining the Big 12. Yes, it can, because you know what you're going to be? You're going to be on national television, which is a good thing. Again, Ben White is a technology guy. That's how he makes his money. Streaming is cool. It is the wave of the future, but streaming is not here yet, and I will continue to make that point until I am blue in the face right there, Ben. It's just not here yet. It's not here quite yet. Speaking of streaming and scheduling, our guy Jason Shear with some breaking news on Twitter regarding the U of A basketball team and some scheduling things for next year. They will play Michigan State Thanksgiving Day in Palm Springs. So if you're looking for a nice little getaway to the desert, play some golf, watch some U of A basketball, head out there, and now you have, what, Duke, Alabama, and Michigan State on the schedule? Is that what what we would call a good non-conference schedule there, Mike? That is exactly what you call a good non-conference schedule. And on top of that, the uh, what's really nice about that is that your uh, Tommy Lloyd schedule is tough. And we're going to start talking about that right now. Sean Miller, the one thing about him that, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm beating up Miller or not, but at the same time, Sean Miller never really scheduled tough. The one thing that's going on, though, with this team is that Arizona is scheduling tough right here. And I'm actually going to get the tweet out about this as we speak. But the uh, that's a big thing about everything here. Tommy Lloyd's got Duke, Michigan State, uh, opportunities for other Ben. There's a lot to like about what Tommy Lloyd wants to do. Yeah, hundred percent. And we've seen this, like you said, with Miller and a lot of college basketball coaches held back in the past because for whatever reason, and you know, we know the reasoning just based off scheduling, just based off seating and what happens in terms of implications, implications in the NCAA tournament where teams were punished severely for losing. And What you're noticing now is losing doesn't matter as much in the sense that as long as you have really good quality wins against big time programs and big time opponents like Michigan State, like Alabama, etc., right? That's going to propel you to a better spot in the NCAA tournament. And not only that, it's going to be make you more experienced and it's going to test you truly in the regular season. I mean, how many times under Sean Miller? I know we went to Duke and I know we played them in New York for a, for a little bit under Miller and we had a couple things here and there, but you never really had a true gauge as to just how good this Arizona team was. And I feel like under Miller and it's it's not just Miller, it's other programs too out west and you know Gonzaga is a great example of that just because of the conference they play in and the, and the quality of non-opponent they face, but I feel like under Miller and in years past, we would always say just how good is this team? And when you play these teams early and you play them often and you play them consistently, you get a true gauge as to how good these Arizona teams are. And it's not only going to help you come tournament time, but it's going to make you better along the way. I'd rather lose, you know, four or five, six really competitive games against high quality opponents. Get that figured out. Come tournament time, it's only going to help. Look at UConn. We talked about UConn. You and I did, and Aaron Torres did, and a couple of people in November and December, just how deep they are, how much depth and experience they had. And what did UConn do? They kind of went into a, a free fall there in January and lost a handful of games, but that was against high-quality opponents in the Big East. That was against high-quality opponents out of non-conference as well before that. And what did they do? They figured it out, and it mattered come tournament time. So I think it's a great thing for Arizona. 
I've got. I think that uh, Tommy Lloyd's whole thing with uh, uh, scheduling tough out of conference. I think that stems from being at Gonzaga, where you had to t- schedule tough out of conference. But again, yep. Arizona fans aren't used to going into a season with a home and home or a quasi home and home with schools like Duke. Or you're looking at possibly having uh, Alabama, then Michigan State on top of that. These are not uh, things that we have seen essentially since Lute Olson was on campus. And that is a big tip of the cap to Tommy Lloyd right there. Because in a lot of times it's easy to just take the Syracuse route and not play anybody and then just complain when your seat isn't high. So again, big kudos there to Tommy Lloyd for doing that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pick your poison, right? You can you can suffer pain through discipline or pain through regret, right? And the pain through regret comes playing the you know Long Beach states of the world, playing these soft non-conference opponents, kind of coasting through the Pac-12, playing the Oregon states of the world, and then what happens, right? You get to the first round of the NCAA tournament and you lose. You get exposed. A team like Princeton and get exposed, right? I mean, and it's not to say we haven't had better non-conference opponents this year. We actually did, and it's kind of a different story this year. But moving forward, you've got to have hope and you've got to know that if we're not disciplined in the regular season and we're not playing the big guys, how are we going to play the big guys come March? It just doesn't make sense. So big kudos to him. All right, now four peaks. The one thing that you can absolutely help Arizona with, or they can help the four peaks, Peaks is playing against better competition right there. And that's what I think we want to see from all of our big men. By the way, that was a snazzy picture that uh, they put out there yesterday with three of the peaks. The fourth peak wasn't there, but it was still pretty cool right there. But Four Peaks is the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check it out again. And here's the deal. The best place to take in the NFL draft on April 27th is at Fort, uh, Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Register for free in the link in the show notes to take advantage of beer specials. Must be 21 years or up to enjoy. Again, Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. But again, big kudos to Tommy Lloyd on making this one happen. You know what I like about the tougher schedule, too? And you mentioned this a little bit here, Ben, is that, yes, you can go through a Pac-12 schedule without being totally exposed. Let's be honest here. I mean, if you're uh, if you're Arizona and you're playing Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, Stanford, that's a collection of poo right there. I mean, that's just not very good um, as far as just you know your on-court product. This is different when you've got to play these teams. They can hand it to you. They can smack you around a little bit, and that's that's different right there, Ben. Yeah, and I think the key too is right is you get, you've got to play at least four of these guys. Um, just thinking about teams that lost early in the NCAA tournament, we had a number of one and two teams seed uh, two seeds lose early this year. The one that comes to mind to me is Purdue, and I bring up Purdue for one reason: a, it's an easy shot for you to take at the Big Ten, and b, when you look at their non-conference schedule, I mean, obviously you play Gonzaga and Duke in their Thanksgiving tournament, and that's all well and good, but. To me, you've got to do better than that outside of that end of November tournament. You're only going to maybe see one or two top 15, top 20 teams. And they did, granted, against Gonzaga and Duke, and they looked really good. But as the season went on, you know, you're playing the Nebraskas of the world. You're playing the Rutgers of the world. You're playing even Davidson. You know, like it, it just teams that there needs to be some fluidity and there needs to be some consistency where you feel like at some point there's always something to play for because you know a bigger test is around the corner. So if Arizona's, you know, playing the Mickey Mouse opponents to start the season in early November, they know, okay, in a week and a half, a week and a half, we're going to have to play Michigan State, that we're going to have to play Alabama. So it incentivizes teams to really take the regular season seriously. 
work out those quirks early and just be consistent because quality wins are everything. If you show up in late November and you fall on your face against Michigan State, Alabama, any of these high-quality non-conference opponents, despite what you do later on, it could hurt you down the line for a seed. I mean, it could be the difference between a number one seed and a number three seed. So you have to be alert at all times. You have to schedule these teams because if you don't, you're going to be penalized. Rich Carrillo, you terrified me right there. I started looking all up and down Twitter. Never do that again, Rich. We enjoy you a great deal, but that terrified me right there. Be nice. I uh, I want to live as long as possible, and you know what? That took two years off my life right there. So let's not let's not do oh, that geez. again. All right, now. Before we get to some Arizona football, we need to talk a little bit of Arizona women's basketball here. Been remiss in all this. We're going to have P.J. Brown on next week, breaking it all down. But here's essentially the deal. Um, Adia Barnes, before we get into all this, has been very, very, very good for Arizona athletics. There's no doubt about it. You, uh, you're a shot away from winning a championship. She's got Arizona in the top 25. You're bringing in top five classes, uh, you know, left and right. But – there is a little there has to be a little bit of a concern at this point in that you've now lost seven of eight uh, recruits in the last two years. And some of these some of these players are really, really good. You look at an Aaronette Vonley, she went to Colorado, she put up 14 and five. You look at you lose a Paris Clark, you lose a Kaylin Gilbert. Those are both five star type players right there that I think could go on to do some really big things. That is and then last year. Mayanaji doesn't exactly play up to where I think a lot of people thought she would. Again, she's just a freshman. I get all that. But there's some real questions about just the overall health, I think, of the basketball program with, and then you lose multiple assistants as well. Again, I'm still in on Adia, Ben, but there definitely are some uh, some things to be a little concerned about, at least from the outside. Yeah, well, the, the nature of college athletics, whether it's the men's team like we've been talking about or whether it's the women's team with with NIL and the way everything's are now, you lose fast and you win fast. So the good news is they have an opportunity to correct this pretty quickly. You can go in the transfer portal. You can string together some NIL, de- NIL deals that are probably a little bit more appealing. But I think the thing they have going for them is they have the credentials of players who have been sent to the next level, you know, who are at least coming up in the conversation to take the next Dave level. Just drafted. Very good. Exactly. Very good. In, in the WNBA. So uh, as long as you have that pedigree and as long as you're able to rebuild quickly, um, I think you're going to be in a pretty good spot. Have they been dealt a bad hand and had some bad luck over the last year and a half? Yes. But this is also a team that's what, two years removed from a national title appearance. So right. I'm not hitting the panic button by any means. And you could still be looking at a starting lineup. And again, I'd like to see Adia play some of the freshmen here, but you could still be looking at a starting lineup where you've got a, a Jada Williams, a, a Montoya Du, a, um, an Esmeri Martinez. You could maybe put Maya Najee in there. Um, I don't know. And uh, Brea Cunningham, you've got a lot of potential. You've got a lot of five stars on the roster. It's just about Adia to be able to, I think, mold these pieces together because it's something that the, it's something that Arizona has to be able to do. Because when you recruit at a high level, the only thing that really stunts that momentum is not winning at a high level. Rich Carrillo's guy, Sean Miller. Recruited at a very high level, and that's how he was able to continue to recruit at a high level for the majority of his time in Arizona is that guys were getting into the NBA and Arizona was making the Elite Eight. So that's got to be something that's got to happen there with Arizona women's basketball as well. And I think we're going to know a lot this year. If you play a lot of youngsters and you know what, it's kind of an up and down season, but you're playing well at the end. I think a lot of people are going to say, all right, that's what you're looking for. But 
what you can't have happen is this time next year, we can't be talking about how we lost the entire recruiting class again. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all about retention. It's all about development, like you said. And as long as we're not uh, creeping back into the to the Nia Butts uh, era, which I, I don't think we ever will. I think Adia has a plan. I think, you know, it's a little turbulent right now, but give it some time. Don't panic and all will be good. And Jada, will, uh, by the way, Jada Williams, point guard. Arizona hasn't had a true point guard in quite a while there. So I think you're hoping that that would really be able to kind of make things uh, work for Arizona. Um, but again, still uh, all in on Adia Barnes. Just uh, just a really big offseason, though, for Arizona women's basketball. I think she's going to get it figured out. All right. Now, speaking of somebody that's got it figured out, Jed Fish. Jed Fish. Again, you might say, uh, Mike, I thought Jed Fish was going to be a good hire. You know what? If you're saying that, you're probably lying at you're the time. Do it. Because I don't know anybody that thought that Jed Fish was going to be a good hire. I certainly did not. And Jed Fish, every time uh, they win a game, Jed Fish is basically stomping me down um, because, again, I thought it was a bizarre hire. But Jacob Franklin, if you could pull up that graphic we have of the Arizona skill position players. This is what I want people to keep an eye on during the uh, spring scrimmage that we've got coming up here Saturday at 3.30. So we've talked about this. You've got a ton of guys. You've got the McLaughlins. You've got the Cowings. You've got the T-Macs. But there's other guys in there that I want you to pay a very, very close attention to. I want you to keep an eye on that Malachi Riley. I want you to be able to keep an eye on the uh, uh, a guy like a, a Kevin Green, players like that, because there's going to be a lot of guys out there. And what I'm telling you is this. I've been to a lot of U of A practices over the years. I've been to a lot of bad U of A practices over the years. Ben White and I had to cover the uh, Kevin Sumlin era. So we've seen bad football. We know what it looks like. This is not bad football. Again, go to bed MGM whenever that comes out. But – you do need to get on there and take the over on the Wildcats. And all, as always, Jed Fish gets it. You got the Gronkowski brothers coming into town. You've got Antoine Quezon coming in. You got the best player that I've ever seen in Arizona, at, at least in the last 25 years, Chris McAllister coming back. There is a lot to like about this Saturday. Jed Fish gets stuff like this, Ben. And listen, it's not like college basketball where you only have five guys that you're responsible to have out on the court at all times. I mean, college football, whether it's Arizona, whether it's Colorado, whether it's any of these other programs who are taking the bull by the horn and, and rebuilding, it's going to be a process. And Jed Fish has already been here, what, two years? And everything he's right. got done is just absolutely bizarre. Like you said, Mike, we've never seen guys come in at the level that they have from a skill player standpoint, especially the receivers. You can probably make the argument that they're one of the top uh Units in the Pac-12, if not the best in the Pac-12. I say, I mean, I say one of the top. Maybe you take that conversation. Maybe you take that conversation nat uh, nationally. It's certainly fair. So that alone, the fact that from a recruiting standpoint, you're able to have conversations and legitimately be in the race. You're not just checking off a box like Kevin Sumlin and Rich Rodriguez did with whether it's local kids in Phoenix, whether it's kids in Texas. Remember the you're swag able copter. The swag copter, yes, I remember that. I think we saw it once, and then we never heard about it again. And we asked, we asked someone about it, and he didn't want to talk about it. But nonetheless, you're able to do more than just check the box. You're able to get in those living rooms. You're able to have conversations with these kids. And the more you do that, the more of a presence you build, you're going to strike gold on somebody. And Arizona struck gold on a couple of guys. 
who played well and who are going to continue to play well. And as that continues to happen, you're going to see guys of that caliber continue to come into this program. So from a receiver standpoint, you've got the box checked. I think you have your quarterback in Delora year one to year two is going to be a huge test. And we're going to see the strides he makes, but from everything I've heard and everything that we've seen, he certainly looks bigger. He looks stronger. He looks like a guy who's making better decisions in the pocket and looks a lot more comfortable passing the ball. So as long as you've got that and you've got the product at running back and receiver, and you've got some size on the offensive line, and you're slowly building size back on the defensive line. I think you have a solid four or five guys, but I, I start to worry from a depth standpoint. But again, as you're rebuilding and as you're bringing in different caliber guys, it's going to take time to build that depth. But starting unit wise, this team's fun, man. I think this team's going to be able to score points. I think there's going to be some upsets. And Jed Fish definitely got his um, win of the his tenure, I think, in Arizona last year beating a top 10 UCLA team. So wouldn't surprise me to see him win a game or two in that fashion this year, assuming everybody stays healthy. And I think when you look at the schedule, this team should probably win six or seven, eight games. And as you say, Mr. Michael Luke, they are going bowling. All right, Ryan Murphy, there was no clickbait involved right here. We spent the first 15 minutes of the show talking about uh, Arizona bas- or about Arizona basketball and players in the NBA. To, uh, to, uh, su- to sum up, and check out um, the podcast. You can see it. Yeah, there. check out the podcast again. The show notes and the link in the description. Check it out, Ryan. You were not clickbaited. And stick around, by the way. Um, and Rich Carrillo, great point. Keep an eye on the running back. Three stallions back there. Our guy, Scotty Graham, doing a really good job. I am curious to see, though, the defense. Because, again, we need to be able to – we need to be able to – essentially look at it and say, all right, can this defense just be the eighth worst defense at the conference? Because if it can just be the eighth worst, I know that sounds terrible. It sounds trite. I don't care. If uh, it can just be the eighth worst defense in the conference, then I think Arizona is in some pretty good shape. But before I'll let, I'll let you hang on that for a second here, you should become a PHNX diehard. All right, here's the deal. Become a diehard today. Check out HTTPS backslash backslash PHNX locker.com to grab your membership to receive exclusive contents, discount on all events and merch and access to our discord chats. There's a, there's a good chance too, that that could also bring you closer to Jacob Franklin in the grand scheme of things. And that is worth price of admission in of itself. So again, check out PHNX diehards right there. Um, All right. So, to kind of sum everything up, though, um, we've got – and again, we got Shear coming on tomorrow, so everybody uh, 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 mark your calendars. But got spring game, excited to see what they got. Ben White and I both believe this is a bowl team. Adia Barnes, I think you're kind of at the stage where, yes, you certainly have all the benefit of the doubt. you got to be able to make that next move. The Big 12 is still the play. The reason the Big 12 is the play is, first of all, Colorado needs to leave because Deion Sanders wants to coach on ESPN, not Amazon Prime. (laughs) And Arizona basketball, to dovetail all the way back around, um, or Arizona uh, guys in the NBA, Steve Kerr, if you get your fifth title, at that point you start looking at it and you're saying, all right, how many can you really run off here in a row? Because they won it last year. And at that point, you're you're already at some real coaching hierarchy right there that yeah. he's already in, and it would just be even further impressive, Ben. 
Yeah, and, and don't you think, too, and I know we talked about the contract situation with some of the players and the Bob Myers rumors and all that stuff, but don't you think, too, if they win a fifth title, it's going to be pretty damn hard to break up the party? Especially oh, I think it's you, impossible. Plus, they right. spend up there in Golden State. Exactly. I mean, you can move things around. You can make things work, especially with Clay and Steph playing at a high level, and if they're able to stay healthy. I just have a hard time uh, seeing that be broken up, so... Time will tell here in the Western Conference uh, playoffs, and it should be a fun time. And uh, on the Arizona basketball front, uh, I'm sure Jason Shear will be happy to field all of your questions regarding Ryan Nemhart tomorrow. So that'll right. be fun. Rich, be nice to us next time. That scared us both. All right. He's Ben White. Ben's going to return to the slums of Orange County. I am Mike Luke hanging out here in Tucson. We got Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. We will be back Be back with you tomorrow, 1230. But for Ben White, I'm Mike Luke. You have been listening to the PHNX Wildcats podcast or the AZ Wildcats podcast.